All right, so, oh, hi, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> I did the Mr. Rogers thing where I wasn't paying attention. Oh, hey. Um, <laughs> keeping it fresh. All right, so listen, uh, I thought we were going to do something. Um, you know how I do things, guys. This week, I'm AJ, by the way. Notice how I never never talk about who I am. I'm AJ. <laughs> I work here. <laughs> um, so hi, everybody online. Obviously, I'm very disheveled, even with the extra hour of sleep. But um, I wanted to talk about parenting today, but then... Uh, and God switched directions on me. Um, but you know what I'm thinking, though? Like, we have so many young families here. I want to do a parenting message, but I might actually take, like, a Wednesday and do that, like a Wednesday evening. It's an awesome message, guys, I promise. These are from my, my teachers um, about, about parenting. And, and I know some of us, well, I parented, and my kids are now parenting. Well, guess what? Elder saints, by the way, you ain't, you ain't allowed to retire from the kingdom of God. Did you know that? Nowhere in the Bible. No going to Boko and just sipping Muay Thais and... You're there to pour into the generation after you, amen? Just look at other cultures, guys. In tribes, the elders were the most important people. And so maybe, <laughs> you probably couldn't hear that. Somebody yelled amen. I have a feeling she was an elder saint who said it. Um, but here's the thing, like, um, you know, when I, when I pictured myself giving the message, again, it's not that I, ch- I chickened out about it or anything like that, but I wondered if um, people would understand that elder, elder saints we need you to show us and, and teach us wisdom for how to do things. So even if you have parented and someone gives a parenting talk, you gather that wisdom and then pour it to the people who aren't, right? So I don't know. We'll see. Again, God was the one who pulled the plug. I got two pages written and then bam, this all happened. So what we're going to do instead is, and um, Val doesn't get any recognition, but Val's the one who does the sign out there. And that is an awesome ministry, by the way. You know how many people run into me and go, I love that sign. And I said, I say, she'll be watching this. And Val, we love you, because I know she does when she's not here. Ooh, ooh, applause. Um, there was applause, thunderous applause, raucous applause. Um, you know how many people go by on 56 on the road that we, we got people from India watching. We have a main road out there and a sign that has a lot of good theological represents us stuff. And I don't, te- I don't tell her. She doesn't report to me about that sign. That is her and what she does. And before that was Amy who did it and did a great job as well pass that along. They don't want recognition these people, but too bad. You're influencing hundreds of people every day that go by in 56 and see that God does not hate them, that they are not hopeless. Right? Alright, so anyway, I don't even know why I went about that. <laughs> oh, I know what we're doing. Oh, because she changed the sign and she said, without knowing anything, she said what is it? One step is all you need or something like that. Guess what we're doing? We're doing one step part two today. I don't usually do series, but here we go. Okay. When we come to God, the reason we sang some of the songs today is because we are saved by grace through faith to all. You know how I hammer that, guys? By grace through faith to all. But what about the guy who used to, by grace through faith to all? Do we understand that? But I'm still struggling with by grace through faith to all. It's not about you. My chains are gone. I've been set free. He set me free. But as we start following him, we can choose to do things his way or ours. We've talked about this. And we, cho- we have a choice to live life on purpose and lean stuff against Jesus. Now, here's the thing. I don't know. You, you, you guys know. I, I just kind of do what I do. But it's weird because I've sort of, Brian, you'll recognize this, both, both Brys. I, I've sort of come up with this thing that I always hammer on. And one of them is live life on purpose. Am I wrong? It shocks me as a counselor how literally 98% of people, and I'm being nice, don't live life on purpose at all. They don't aim their life, their finances, their relationships. They don't aim them anywhere, and then they wonder why they don't end up where they want to be. Come on, guys. Anybody ever shot a gun? 
good metaphor for life. You have to dial it in and you will hit where you're aiming. And dear God, the first thing you can do to take control of your own life is give control to Jesus Christ. Oh, that, that must have been bigger than that. Come on, guys. That's you saying, no more am I just going to be rocked by the waves. Or what Jesus says, the storms that come and crash my house over and over and over and over again in that marriage, in this relationship, in this job, in my finances, and I'm not doing a good job. I'm not ending up where I want to be. Step one, give your life to Jesus Christ. And say, hey, she said it best. Jesus, take the wheel because I seem to always be crashing or stuck. That is number one. And then after that, he says, okay, I have a plan for every area of your life. And I conveniently wrote it down in 66 books from 40-something authors. And I put it in one little library. Here it is. Well, Jesus, I don't understand the Bible. Don't worry. I give guys like this the gift of teaching you. All you got to do is get there and pay attention and talk to other people and live life in community. Well, what about my finances? Oh, I talked a ton about that. Right? Relationships, whatever. So living life on purpose, right? Jesus doesn't just say, here you go. You're not going to be punished for your, your sins and wrongdoings because I was for you. See ya and take off. He doesn't do that. He says, piece by piece, trust me with these areas of your life. And, and I'm building for a reason, guys. We come to realize that God's way of doing things, like Steph said this week, just trust me in this. In this, Jesus? Yes, this now. I've trusted you with this, 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 more, 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 more. And, 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 and yes, we're supposed to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And he says, I will show you the way to life and life to the fullest, life and life abundantly. And some of you might be hearing me for the first time. I, I always have to say this. A loving father goes to the orphanage and says, do you want to be adopted by me? And there's a time, Dustin, right, where we make the choice and say, yes, me. For me, not grandma, not mom, nobody can do it for me. I want to be adopted by you. I want to be your child. And, and guys, I don't know, some systems, and this is just my theology, it's shared with a lot of people I trust and learn, but when loving father adopts you from the orphanage, takes you home, he, okay, he adopts a broken, messy kid from the orphanage, takes you home, and you know what he has? A broken and messy kid in his home now. And he doesn't send you back every time you show your brokenness and messiness. We are not that church, and I don't see that in the Bible. Uh, you, know how many people, you know how many people you, oh my gosh, well, we're going to be here today. You know how many people you know and love think that they can lose the love of God because they, they have enough power for that? It's covered under the blood of Christ Jesus. He said, to tell us die, it's finished. Everything you needed to be safe and sound with me is there. Now stop it. Stop focusing on that. Live out of my love for you and let yourself be changed. Right? We've been talking about this hamster wheel. How, Terry, I look at the dad I want to be and it's way over here. And I snap on my kids and I go, what is wrong with you, man? Again? I look at the husband I want to be and it's way over there. And I'm like, oh, I'm such a worm. I'm not there yet. What in the heck? And I get so discouraged, I fall into a puddle of misery yuck, a puddle of failure, right? I don't need a Coke because I'm cloaked in failure. <laughs> what movie is that? Oh, that's Ace Ventura or something. Um, I totally feel that way, you guys. But here's the thing. Ready? I'm building all this. That's the process of me being conformed to the image of the dad who just adopted me. If anybody in here had adopted a child, here's how this goes. You all know this. The kid comes into your home, and, and you start the process of the child learning how to function within his new family, right? And when the child like breaks something out of anger, whoa, 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 that's not who we are. That's not who we are anymore. Watch daddy, watch mama, and learn to become like us. And so AJ spends all his time seeing the father I want to be way over there and the husband I want to be over there and Father God is going, stop running on the wheel, stop hating yourself, just watch and be changed. Isn't that such good news? Here's another weird thing that I always circle back to. It's not about you. Your efforts, your energy, your best. God does not want or have any use for the runner who thinks they can run up the hill. 
he has use for the runner who says, I cannot do this without you. And then he gives us our overcoming strength. Absolutely. So what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to talk about relationships. We cannot separate the process of spiritual and non-spiritual. Lots of people think this. Jesus, you take care of the spiritual stuff, the churchy stuff, the guy up there, the musicians. That's my church life. I'll take care of my finances, my job, all that. That's not the deal. The word says that if God has anything to do with us, he's got everything to do with us. There's no such thing as anything that's not spiritual. And that's a beautiful thing, actually, because, of course, he overcame in the spiritual. But things get jacked up if we think we can do that. So let's look at a couple slides and get going because I'm crazy disheveled today. This is Matthew 22, 36 starting. And this is, this is where it all comes down, guys. This is not basic. You can hear this every day, okay? Teacher, recognizing he's teacher, Raboni, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all you have, all your heart, soul, mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbors yourself. Everything you guys know, every way that you're relating to me, hang on these two things. They're first. They're absolutely first. Next slide, please. First John 4.20. If anyone says, oh, I love God, I'm religious, I'm churchy, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen, you can't actually love God whom you haven't seen. That's just some common sense bomb. And he's given us this command. Whoever loves God must, must, must also love his brother. Not negotiable. And one more, please. First John 4, 8. Whoever does not love does not even know God because what you don't understand is God is love. What's the name on the bottom of that? It's John, right? Don't you love it? John was there, man. When John's writing his epistles, if you, don't, if you, if you are not in Bible reading right now, get into the, the book of John. Because you're, you're going to talk, you're going to hear from a guy who leaned against Jesus at the Last Supper. A guy who sweat next to him. A guy who heard him laugh and, and, and you know, saw him cry. This is a guy, and this is what he says. He says, God is love. And I know because I've been hanging out with him for three years. He is love. So that's where we're going to jump off today. I'm going to do some weird points, and I'm going to put it all together. And this is very, very practical teaching today, okay? One thing I love about our church is we don't just talk doctrine. We talk practical. And I think today God wants to give us relationship advice and wisdom, okay? You, you along for the ride? You guys are really way more energetic than I am. Normally, it's the other way around. Thanks. I'm going to ride that, I think. In our attempts to love those around us, here's some stuff. This is wisdom for my week without being too specific. Not having conflict. Okay, number one, stop looking at relationships and thinking perfection is the goal. It's not. (laughs) I got one of you, at least. Now, here's what I'm trying to say, guys. Here's what I want to say. I'm the type of guy, again, who sees where I want to be, blah, 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 and I I I end up in a puddle because I'm looking at perfection and all that sort of stuff. But in relationships, it's the same way. I find myself with this idea that I should be able to walk into so-and-so's house or be on the phone with them and not have any issues, conflict, or discomfort, blah, blah, blah. And the holidays are coming, y'all. So, whoop, the temperature just got turned up, right? But listen, for some reason, I've got this in my head where everything's supposed to be good or right in these relationships. And God went, boom, who told you that? Who told you that if ever you're dealing with another stinking broken person, you're going to just be done, like, we got it. We got there. Elaine, my family, or whatever, because again, this isn't necessarily about family, but we're, we're finally at the place where we're never going to fight again. There's never going to be, but that's what I'm striving for. What a fool. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like, you look at the relationships you have and you go, we're not, 
we still fight. We still don't see eye to eye. And, and therefore, we are bad. It's a bad relationship. And God's going, no, perfection's not the goal. You're human beings, man. Because here's what you do when you do that. Me and my husband, says the woman. My, me and my husband, we're not there. We're not blah, blah, blah. Ugh. And you stop trying, don't you? You stop going over to your in-law's house. You stop going to that friend because you go, we're not. And God goes, who told you that was the goal, man? That's not the goal. The goal, is, the goal, the focus is not perfection. You know what it is? Give you something practical today, I told you. Uh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. The goal is, you ready for this? The goal is growth. The goal is growth. It's not perfection. The goal is, and the main question you ask yourself in these relationships is, what direction are we facing? Not, are we there yet, right? Okay, you're not quite getting it. I, I get it. Because if I walked up to you today and I, I, and I said this, I feel like the most important question I could ask about the future of your relationship is not this. Ready? Couple A. How are you guys doing? Uh, yeah, we're good. We're good. What are you guys moving toward? Oh, I, I don't know. Hmm. Couple B. How are you guys doing? Not so good. We're coming out of a season where blah, blah, blah. What, what are you moving toward? We're moving toward better communication, spending time together. They have a better degree of success than these guys. Come on, you get it? Perfection is not it. It's what direction are you moving in? What did I say during part one? If I walk in this direction, where am I gonna end up? There, right? I'm gonna end up wherever I'm aiming. So in your relationships, well, I point at you two. <laughs> You're welcome, put you on blast. In your relationships, guys, it's not where are we, it's where are we going? Good, right? And that man, I tell you, because I get so down on some people, and I hate being up here in the spotlight because I can never say people's names and y'all watch it, my whole family. Well, it's not even about family necessarily, but I get so down on relationships and myself if we're not where I want to be. And God's going, that's not the focus, dude. The focus is where are you going? Young people who are married. Here, here's the thing, ready? Well, she's just, okay. I'm going, I'm going today. There is no marriage lottery. Do you understand this? There is no marriage lottery. Here's what you have thought before and me too. They've got such a good marriage. They're so lucky. There's no marriage lottery. Ephesians 5 teaches us that if you apply God's principles and love her like you're supposed to and he loves you like and you put each other first, you have a 100% degree of success. There's no marriage lottery. I just married the wrong person. Lie from the pit of hell. Lie from the pit of hell. If you love him like you're supposed to and he loves you, you're good. Do you understand that? You're facing the right direction, but you get it in your head. Well, I wasn't supposed to marry her. Bollocks, you weren't supposed to marry her. I didn't say yes. <laughs> I almost did. No, that's one where if you, oh God, okay, forget it. If you, believe, if you believe that lie, I married the wrong person, you just cracked the basement of your foundation and everything else that's built on it doesn't matter anymore. Do you understand that? All the good times, they weren't real. They weren't real, I married the wrong person. Do you see why the devil always tells you that? I've had to fight that off, everybody's had to fight that off. When things get real hard, you think, well maybe I wasn't the right person for me. No. No, you made your vow, you did your thing, you've got the power in Christ Jesus to love that person. If you guys are facing the right direction, you're gonna get where you face, right? Perfection is not the goal. Ease up off your spouse for a second. He's not this, she's not that. Ease up off your kids, your wife, your whatever, I don't care. You know, I don't wanna make this a marriage talk, I really don't. They're not, we're not where we wanna be. Okay, God would say, what direction are you facing? What direction are you facing? Because you're gonna reap what you sow. See the principle? It's the same thing, I just like using gun metaphors, they're tougher. <laughs> the goal is direction, you guys. If you're moving in a direction, you're going to end up that way, right? Okay, so I can admit that a while ago in, in our marriage, um, and she won't mind me telling you this, but because of outside circumstances, I really kind of snapped awake and went, 
um, we were moving toward a place that we didn't want to be. Less intimacy, less communication. That was just happening. Two little kids, two what we both feel are very important and heavy jobs. Um, these are good things. But all of a sudden I realized, you know, we're not heading where we want to be. We're not heading toward greater intimacy. We're not heading, right? And so this is where living in relationship and being, look, I understand nobody wants to introduce themselves and it's hard to get up and go to church and all this sort of stuff. But this is why this is important because other people can sometimes point things out in your life when you get trusted people sitting at your table. And I could say to Pete, this is what happened. We're not going in a good direction, man. Whoa, 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 AJ. Well, then you got to change some. Can we talk about that maybe? What are some things we can, and bam, there we go. And guess what happened? We changed direction. And now, if you ask me, I will tell you quite honestly, we're not where I want us to be but we were moving in that direction. And you know what happens when you know you're moving in the right direction? You sleep at night, you get peace. Does that sound like God or, right? If y'all are hot, open a window. Can you open that window, please? Someone's fanning themselves, looks like an old Baptist church in here. Lord, I'm on. <laughs> and the heat's still on too, but. You see what I'm saying, guys? So again, the holidays are coming. Oh, I hate going over to Aunt so-and-so's house and our relationship what direction are you moving in and honestly guys this is where living life on purpose comes hits head on because you're the one who chooses what direction your relationships are facing you're the one who chooses thank you Gordon if you if you think young people especially because well, older folks already know this if you think that your relationship is always going to be in a, in a good place oh honey oh honey <laughs> it's not it's not, but here's the thing, and, that, and this goes, this is very countercultural. That's not what's important, it's what direction are you guys facing, right? Y'all been through seasons like this. Okay, let me pick on Chris and Des. There was a time for, for Chris, for, Chris, for his family though, he took a season where he had to be away from the house for a while. He went through the training and all this. Now you know it was a good thing, right? But that puts stress and strain on stuff. It does. So, you know, there's going to be a little bit of loneliness during that season. But are you still facing the direction where, as a team, you're moving towards your, your common goals? Yes. Then you can get through it. Right? There's going to be seasons, guys. There's going to be seasons. People get hurt. You go through sicknesses, job training, job loss, whatever it may be. But you ask yourself, what direction are we facing? And this is so, I, I, I know, everybody, everybody's face in this place is nailed. It's so true. Every relationship, you live on purpose because we've just been commanded to love. You can't love if you don't know what you're doing. You can't love if you don't know what direction you're going in, right? That's what we're going to do. Perfection is not the goal at all. Coworkers, let me, let me really get everybody here. In co coworkers, truly, the difficult coworkers. What directs <laughs> a smile? <laughs> Y'all get uncomfortable smiles when you're getting hit by stuff. Um, again, this isn't this is this is loving father saying you can, in my strength, get to these places and have peace in every every area of your life, as much as it is required of you. We've been commanded these things in cowork with coworkers, as much as it is is up to you. Because some people are just going to be difficult. Some people just want to make your life miserable. Recognize those folks and save your energy. Okay, but as far as it comes to you, live at peace with all men, right? As far as it comes to you, these relationships can be moving toward peace. We don't get along right now. How can I be moving? How can I be moving that relationship to where we get along? Do you see what I'm saying? A lot more doable, huh? God doesn't want you crushed by these things. And this, this allows for you and God to cooperate together. Okay, so live life on purpose. This week, you guys, this is point number one. This week, all you need to do is just see where you are, and the second thing you're going to do, you're going to ask God, say, you know, 
what direction are we facing? You, you know. What direction is this? And then just say, Lord, how can I change that direction? How can I take one step? Just one step. Might be a phone call. Might be a kind word. It might be don't say that. It might be do a little more chores around the house. It might mean don't go on that specific trip where you're away from your family. I don't know what it means for you. But how can I move this relationship in the direction I want to go? What's one thing I can do, Holy Spirit? Can I tell you, and this is just AJ's opinion, there are certain prayers I think God loves to hear from us. And some of them go like this. Help me cooperate with you. What's something I can do? Don't need love prayers like that? You want to know how I know that? Because I love those, those things as a father. Daddy, how can I do what you've asked me to do? How can I be, right? How can I listen to you? How can I be obedient to you? Oh, thanks, bub. We all appreciate that, right? Father, how can I change this? Show me which direction to head this specific relationship and what's one thing I can do. Point number one. Second healthy goal in relationships and within yourself is this. And this is just common sense <laughs> that we miss a lot, I think, in the Bible, or at least I have. I say this. Your second goal in relationships is not perfection, but I think it should be a godly insurance system. <laughs> now, here's what I mean. My brother became an insurance agent last year, was it, Mom? Yeah. Uh, it, it suits him, dude. I, I don't, I mean, we're, we're not alike in a lot of ways, but <laughs> although I'm persuasive and so is he, I think if I use my powers for evil and sales, I could be okay. But um, he, listen, and this is not a, a solicitation, but I don't care, but he bundled my insurance from policies that I, that I went through piece by piece and, and constructed because I don't take default policies. I think that's foolish. Um, he bundled my policies and saved me $400 a year with better policies. Y'all need insurance. Go see him. That's not an official thing. I want you to save money. Now, here's what I mean. A week after I changed insurance, you might remember this, flood my basement, remember? Coming home from Thanksgiving. So here's the thing about insurance. Insurance is saying this. I accept the chaos and randomness of the world I'm not going to go la, 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 and I'm going to understand that being responsible is putting up safeguards for when things come against my life. I think we should have them for relationships, too. You ready for this? <laughs> yes, good. The goal is not that there is no conflict or letdown. The goal is not perfection. I believe the goal can be how do we deal, how do I deal with conflicts and letdowns when they do happen? Yes, yes, good. This is our Western culture, you guys. Not having conflict, not upsetting each other, and blah, blah, blah. It's not as important as how we deal when it comes. Having amazing communication is not just a goal, but what happens when it breaks down, okay? Stuff like that. In our culture, we're so obsessed with things not going wrong, with not suffering, with not offending people, that we forget a lot of the Bible's teaching is actually about when the storm comes, Right? He, doesn't, he never minces things like that. He, he teaches when the storm comes. He says things like this. If you're at the altar and you remember your brother has something against you, go in. What did he just say? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And here's your contingency plan. Here's your insurance plan, says the Lord God. When they let you down, when they call you before judges and persecute you and slander you. Are you following me that I'm quoting the Bible? When they do this, Bruce, he's not saying do everything you can that it don't happen. He's saying it's going to happen. When your brother's taking you to court, when you're walking there, try to settle with him, he says. So Jesus is not afraid of the fact that storms will come. In relationships, the goal is not perfection. Don't, your wife is not the enemy. Your husband's not the enemy. Your kid, whatever relationship you're thinking of, they're not the enemy. They're, they're really not. And the goal is not that that person gets right, that this relationship's always good. It's actually, number one, what direction are we going in? And number two, how do I deal with it when you let me down? How do I deal with that? Because what you're going to see is, my week is... <laughs> I am the problem. <laughs> like, no, I had no safeguards. And so every I was getting waylaid every time somebody let me down, insulted me, offended me, or didn't agree with me. I was getting waylaid. 
And that's not God, man. That's not going to allow me to keep those, those commands to love. I have to put on the full armor of God, like that T-shirt that Kirk got me today. I want to make you read it, but if you see the back of my shirt today, read it. Kirk got me a shirt, and it's very awesome. So here's the thing. I'm going to go off on a tangent. Let's do this, please. Let's do a slide. Pause on that. Pause on that for two seconds. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Every wedding in the world, right? <laughs> love is patient. Love is kind. It keeps going. Blah, 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 blah. Go forward one slide, and then we're going to go back. I want to show you something. I suckered you. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Let's go back to Corinthians. Love is patient. Love is kind. You ready, 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 ready? If God is love, now watch what we can do because some of you come out of systems where you don't know God like this. We're pausing. If God is love, then you can read it like this. God is patient. God is kind. He does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. He's not rude. He's not, get it? If God is love and John, and then you put it together with Corinthians, that's why the full, full council is good. You want to know what God's like? That's what he's like. John told you God is love, and then there's a detail of what love truly is, so he's actually describing God. God is patient. God is kind, right? God doesn't delight in evil. He rejoices with the truth. He always protects you. He always trusts you and gives you things that you need to be doing on this earth to partner with him. He always hopes the best for you, and he will always persevere. And guess what? He never fails. God never fails. He, right? Yes. That's awesome. Cool, huh? Layer number two on my side tangent. This is what you're supposed to be to the world as well. We're his kids. How am I supposed to love? Just like this. You had the three slides where you're, you're not, does not love, does not know. This is what you're supposed to be. Uh, who do I want to pick on them? Picked on in a while. <laughs> Gordon is patient. Gordon is kind. Gordon does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. Gordon's never rude. He's not self-seeking or easily angered. He keeps no record of, whoa, oh boy. That standard just got real hard, didn't it? A couple of me got. <laughs> got a couple on there, huh? I could tell you a few of these that I'm not right now yet. But isn't this cool, guys? I just wanted to, just, again, side tangent. This week, or if ever you feel bored, I guess, and need a challenge, read this list, put your name in it, and see if it's true. If ever you're challenged by something in the Bible, like walking up the mountain to sacrifice Isaac or something like that, this is who we serve. This is our God. We cannot, okay? And if church ever told you he wasn't this way, some of us come out of the system. This is the truth. The rest of that was man-made garbage. So anyway, back to that. So back on track. We are adopted. Loving Father is coaching us, right? Um, yeah, okay. My first point was this. Be moving toward perfection in love. Don't stare at perfection. Okay, be moving toward it. And the second point is be prepared in Christ with grace for when you miss the mark. So here, here's what I want to show you about this. Contingency plans, right? God's insurance policy. You want to know why love is patient? Because a lot of times you're not going to have patience. Do you see what I'm saying? It's being challenged to not be patient. It doesn't envy. You want to know why? Because there are things to envy and boast and be, right? Okay. This is reactionary insurance stuff is what it's saying. There's no need to be patient if people don't try your patience. Get it? So that's what I'm trying to say. This is this God's insurance agency. God's insurance plan is this. He's saying, you have these things in place. You're, be not rude when you're tempted to be rude. Can I, can I confess something to you? I threw a specific finger at somebody on the way to church today. <laughs> what? You got... I didn't, oh my, I didn't realize that was that bad. I'm confessing it to you. Huh? Yeah, it was them. <laughs> I'm glad they only pick up this audio. They didn't hear that. Wow. Sorry, guys. 
I gotta go before the review board now. No, somebody almost caused me to hit them, and almost, and, and I just, dude. And here's what I realize. It's not that I'm going to live my life where people never cut in front of me in traffic. It's that I should be more purposeful being prepared for when they do. Hey, Mike. I didn't see you back there. <laughs> so, so what I'm trying to say is this, guys. We look at these relationships, and again, we, we think we're not where we want to be, blah, blah, blah. But you got to, in my opinion, take this and really bring it before God and say, Father, am I in a position where I'm owning my reaction to people? Because I got to be honest with you, these two truths this week have really set me free and helped me really love people for who they are. Because it's not about what you do to me, Dustin. It's about how I react to it. And man, do I have to pull out the list of the martyred disciples that loved? This is it, man. It was right. You know what I'm saying? So guys, it's not about what people throw at you. It's what you do with it. So love does not look like a shiny red heart. This is my, I'm, I'm sort of visual sometimes. Love does not look like a shiny red heart emoji. I believe it looks like a broken, bruised, healed time and time again by God glob of messy choice. That's what I think love really looks like. And I think we've taken this cultural idea of love and we've, we've really jacked it up. Love is not some little, metaphorically, fat little baby with a harp. Oh, yay, right? I feel like love is an angel that has scars all over his body, a few feathers left, but only by the power of God is still standing and loving. That's what I feel like love truly is. And I tell you what, if people got that, I believe, and I'm not coming against divorced people, but I believe there'd be a lot less separation if people got that. Love is work, dude, which gets me to my next point. This brings me to my next point, is this. And this one's a doozy. Oh, wait, 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 listen. There's a book out there. Who read that? Unoffendable. Oh, it was Val. What I'm trying to say is this, because I want to give you something practical before I move to my next and final point. This is a list of you learning that you choose your reactions. You can choose to be the person that cannot be offended. Did you know that? You can choose to be unoffendable. You can choose to um, always trust, believe the best. What's that supposed to mean? You can choose to be the person who says, they didn't mean it this way. You can choose to be the person that if someone looks at you, you don't think that they're stank eye in you. You can choose that, guys. Oh, you don't like that, so I'm going to push a little harder. Good, good. You can choose to be the person that when that family member lets you down again, you realize, that's fine. I am fine in who I am. I get all things from the Lord our God. I'm sticking in here. This is who I am. Good. There we go, guys. <laughs> really? Um, I'm not saying I'm great at this. Dude who flips somebody off, I mean, I get this. But in my brain, most days, uh, God has pulled me from a place of crippling offense. Everybody's out to get me. Nobody, nobody sees me for who I am. I don't need to be seen for who I really am. God sees me. I don't need to be valued by you. Right. I'm valued by God. Therefore, I get to walk in a room and change the environment instead of being changed by it because of my stance. Again, the holidays are coming, guys. Greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. And so here's the thing. It's not perfection, guys. It's what direction is the, is the thing going in. And number two, that pairs very well with it, is you're in charge of how you react to these letdowns and when people don't love you well. Amen? We good? My third one is actually the hardest point today. So, of course, it's my favorite. I alluded to it originally, but this. Ready? And this is so countercultural that y'all ain't going to believe me. Okay? Especially some of you here. Ready? And this is the guy who for the last seven years has sat and, and, and really watched God change and repair marriages and father, son, and blah, 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 blah. I want to tell you a little something about love. Love is a choice, not a feeling. 
period. Love is a choice. And love is actually an action word. What is that, a verb? Is a verb an action word? Okay, so, right, like, jump. Is jump a verb? So love is a verb, okay? Love is doing, moving toward. Love is something. Love is all these things, right? It's not about feeling. Now, here's what I mean. Ready? We love, verb, we love, and then the feelings come. Love, okay, the feelings... (laughs) are the reward for godly love. Yeah, 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 you guys get it. It's not the notebook. It's not. It's not, guys. That's what we've been sold in whatever other books you're buying. I feel. Oh, I'll get to that in a second, honey. We'll put that one on the sideboard. I feel. I feel. Love is not a feeling. Love is getting up every day and doing, right? Absolutely. How many of those are things? Love is patient, giving patience. Love is kind, action word, right? It does not do this certain thing. It does not do that. It is not the stance. It's choices. All of these are choices, right? They're actions. Love is, I just don't feel, I'm getting ahead of myself here. <laughs> you do, this is, this is the thing. Number one, do, then the feelings grow. Don't wait to feel to do what you need to be doing. You're not going to feel like forgiving that person. It's not going to happen. You choose, then the feelings come. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. I don't feel like being affectionate. I don't feel like taking the time. I don't feel... Do it. Then the feelings grow. Do first. Slide, please. I want to prove this to you. Hebrews 12.2. Let us fix our eyes on the king. He's the author who started this whole thing, and he did it perfectly of our faith. For the joy set before him endured the cross. He did not feel like dying for you, did he? But love propelled him to do it. Now, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So, you don't wait to feel to love. The feelings come after, just like this. Right, Bruce? He didn't feel joy in the cross, did he? No. The worst death in human history, the only person ever forsaken by God on this earth. But he, right, he showed us love. Greater love has no man, he says. Greater love has no man than he who lays down his life. So this is literally the, the embodiment of love. I didn't wait to feel this for you. I did it. I did it, and then the feelings and the reward and the joy come. This is the system we live in. And so many of us think we respond to our feelings. Wow, absolutely not. Let's do uh, this next slide, please. I'll tell you what the Bible says. The heart is deceitful above all things. Above all things, above all, above anything that's ever lied to you, your heart is the biggest liar you've ever been around. What, AJ? Okay, I don't feel like eating healthy. I don't feel like loving my wife. I don't feel like parenting my kids sometimes. And you know what some people do? They live out of that. They don't parent their kids. They don't take care of themselves. They don't forgive, right? Don't trust your feelings. Are we following me on this one? Yeah. Love is Love has legs. Love has hands. Love gives. Love does all these. Love does not just feel love. A felt love that's not expressed is not love at all. Ooh, that's good. Somebody tweet that. That's really good. <laughs> like, I look shocked. Ugh. <laughs> it's so true, guys. You don't wait for your feelings. And feelings, guys, again, our whole lives were told to follow our feelings. You should marry who you have these tingly jingly feelings for. How long is that going to last, honey? With no work, it's not going to. Because love is not just something that happens to you. Do you really want to believe you can fall in love? 
Oops, fell in love. Oops, fell right down. Twisted my ankle. Fell right in love. If you can fall in love, you ready for this common sense? Common sense, man. If you can fall in love, then you can fall out of love. And that's another lie from the pit of hell that'll get me swearing up here. I just don't love him anymore. You fell out of love? What? Impossible. Because love is actually an action. And some of us in this room, including me, have believed these lies before. Oh, it's just love just happens. Love does not just happen. And if you're living life on purpose, in, in page one of this message, I'm giving my life to Christ Jesus, you realize love is not a tingly jingly. Love is, love is an action. Don't you follow your feelings. The notebook was crap. It was. What? What, do you like it? Yeah. Poor James Marsden. She's promised, she's promised her love to this guy. Good guy too, right? N nice guy. But her feelings. And she destroyed a dude over it. And we applauded it. I'm not coming at you. I like the movie actually. <laughs> what? They had good chemistry in the movie. Whatever. And I like Rachel McAdams. Um, your feelings. No, guys. No. Do we understand what I'm saying? This is not what we're talking about. You do not follow your feelings. Your heart will do this. I don't feel like I love you anymore. You ready for this? When I hear that, come on, this one's good. I just don't feel like I love him or her anymore. And here's my response to that. You stopped doing the things you used to when those feelings were there and now you don't have them anymore. You're deceived. <laughs> yes. Come on, guys, young people. <clears throat> I just don't love that person anymore. You know, I don't love them like I did back in the beginning of our marriage. Well, what did you do in the beginning of your marriage? Made time for each other? Compliment each other? Love had legs. You don't do it anymore, so you don't have the feelings. Shocker! Shocker! You stopped aiming in that direction. I'm convicted up here too, guys, completely. Are you kidding me? This, this is literally the correction God's given me this week. And for any of you who are like, like, oh, AJ, I feel bad because I'm behind me as a burnt bridge. No, that's not what I'm doing up here at all. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to say, that, trying to cooperate with God and give you a, 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 a right and true look at these things. And some of you have been destroyed by someone who didn't do this for you. So here's what, here's what I want to say to you. I'm sorry that happened. Next time, look for this. Okay? Settle for nothing less, dear daughter of God. This is not a condemnation thing. Well, I'm divorced. I feel bad. It didn't work. Whoa, whoa. Nobody's saying that. I'm saying let's look at God's standards. And you want to know how I'll convince you of this? What do you want for your daughter or your son? This is what you want for your daughter and son, right? This is the sort of love. That self-sacrificing, working it every day sort of love. So, we're going to close it down, guys. I'm going to recap real quick. Perfection is not the upfront goal, guys. Moving in the right direction is the goal. So you ask this week, you be brave, how can I get in the direction of loving the person the way I'm supposed to? That's, give me one step, Father. Just give me one step. Number two, how can I be prepared to keep loving even if and when it goes wrong? Because that's up to you. And I'm not going to wait until I feel like loving this week. I'm not going to wait till I feel like changing direction. I'm going to do it and trust that God will honor it. Amen?